Welcome back to the Merrimack Warriors pregame show. It's Merrimack against Boston College tonight here from the J. Tom Lawler rink. And joining us is the uh, the radio announcer for Boston College. It is John Rish. And uh, first of all, John, uh, last talking about last night's game, I thought uh, certainly very impressive. BC came out in the first period, four goals. But, uh, you know, the way they scored the goals, um, not only speed, hard work as well, a lot of effort and determination. Uh, if there was any thought of a beanpot letdown last night, well, last night it certainly didn't happen. Yeah, I think that's something we talked about in our pregame show. You, know, you beat BU the way they did on Monday night, you think it's only natural to have some sort of letdown. They didn't have it in the first, say, 18 minutes of that first period or so. They looked very good. And the way they did it, you know, some of them were real hustle plays. You know, the Colin White shorthanded goal, I mean, he just went so hard off the puck to the front of the net. And that really typifies the type of season he's been having. And, well, let's face it, right now this team is on a good roll. Mm-hmm. One of the guys that, that impressed me last night, you know, he seems to only be getting better and better, as you would expect, is Zach Sanford. You know, he's up our way, certainly, actually, actually out of New Hampshire. He played for former Merrimack Warrior Casey Kessel Ring up at Pinkerton Academy in Derry, New Hampshire. So, you know, he's got that background. But, you know, a, a, a big guy who seems to be getting, like I said, I thought he had a good year last year. He looks even better this year. You know, he, he's faster. He's using his size even more so, going to the net and, uh, and scoring goals. You know, I think he's freed up a little bit this year. And by that, I mean there's less pressure on him. There are more guys around him that can score and so that speaks to the balance of their forward lines when everybody's healthy and available but I think it's allowed Sanford to relax a little bit and then in turn he's been more productive and then of course you know you're a sophomore now you're not a freshman anymore and it makes a big difference and he plays with an edge you know he's one of those guys that if you're playing against him he can kind of get under your skin a little bit but he's the kind of guy you love to have on your team. John, Miles Wood's back in the lineup for BC. We haven't seen him. Uh, what can you tell us about him? He only has one speed, and that's high speed. He has no uh, concept of coast or turn it down a notch or anything. And sometimes it's borderline out of control, which I think is something that he will get under control as he matures, as he gets older. And that's going to be part of his maturation process, part of his challenge, part of the challenge for the coaching staff. You'd rather have a guy that only knows that high speed, high tempo than a guy who can't play that way Um, we saw it a little bit to a lesser extent maybe it's a bad comparison with Steve Santini when he was a freshman you know Santini had to figure out what he could and couldn't do at this level and it took him a little while and he learned the hard way sometimes and I think Miles Wood is going through that as well now all of that aside He's a fantastic talent. I mean, he's a really good player. He plays all three zones, and when you see him fly down the wing, his speed will shock you. He's really fast. You know, there's often a lot of uh, similarities between Boston College teams from year to year, but sometimes things are a little bit different. Obviously, you know, you know better than anybody having having watched the team, followed the team for so long. But one of the things that strikes me about this team this year is that, I mean, it. it when the game is closed, that's when they seem to play their best. That was the case last night, early in the game, you know, quickly out to a 4 nothing lead, no question. When Merrimack was able to fight and claw the way back into it to make it 4-2, that's when we saw BC come out again in the third period and do what they had to do to put the game away. But, I mean, you know, we saw the same thing, the Beanpot game. I thought they played very well, obviously. They come out to a strong first period there. Uh, they've had strong first periods all season long. It's been a team that seems to have been very consistent. Well, and that's somewhat of a recent phenomenon. Now, if you go back to the beginning of the season, their schedule somewhat by luck was not incredibly difficult you know they scheduled some big names out of conference that turned out to have down years you know you put Wisconsin or Michigan State on your schedule you expect to have a tough game and it didn't really work out that way so the early part of the season their strength of schedule wasn't that great they won a lot of games by large margins against 
quote-unquote lesser competition. And they had the stretch where they were a little banged up, and they had a couple of illnesses, and they lost a game to Notre Dame right before the semester break. They had the lead in the third period. They lost it by one goal. Then they come back in the Florida tournament, had leads in both of those games, lost them by one goal. And there were starting to be some questions. Hey, how does this team play late? with a lead. One goal, third period. They didn't have a good record in one-goal games. Now their record in one-goal games is 5-4, and four, which might not jump out at you as spectacular, but it's a far cry from where they were. This has all been since the turn of the calendar year. Right. Lately, something clicked. Maybe it sunk in after those two games in Florida that, hey, we need to close teams out. When we get to that third period and it's 3-2, to two, we need to finish. And they've been a team that, for the last month and a half, has been able to finish. Well, Jerry York won his 1,000th game three weeks ago. It seems like, uh, I mean, as long as he's been coaching 44 years, it seems like he could keep going for quite a while. It seems like he's enjoying it more so than ever. It seems like he could go for a while. How long do you th think that, that he's going to go? Because it seems to me like it could be a while. Yeah, it's a million-dollar question, isn't it? I mean, I would guess at least another four years. Maybe more. Yeah. Who knows? So you're talking 1,100 or so and, you know, and beyond. It's remarkable <laughs> his ability to maintain, you know, uh, stay with the times and relate to 18, 19 year old kids. I mean, it really is a different game. It's a different world than when he first started coaching. It's a different world than when he was in the middle of his career 20 years ago. Um, but he's he's amazing. I mean, not only is he a fantastic hockey mind, he's so competitive, um, but he is able to keep up with the changes in players, the changes in the game, the changes in kids, the changes in recruiting. He's as on top of it now as he was 40 years ago. And maybe one of the, the things that really drives that point home is the fact that, you know, look at what happened early in the season with Jeremy Bracco. You know, he leaves the team the team it galvanizes the team if anything they're better after that happened you know i guess nobody's going to have you know your team be 100% uh, in agreement with you and wanting to do things the way that you want but it, i mean things like that can happen you know they've lost guys here and there and and like i said they've not missed a beat right and he doesn't want that kid whoever it is jeremy bracco was a very talented player or whoever on the team if they're not going to buy into the team concept and that was a problem I mean, would they be better with bracco if bracco bought into the team concept absolutely it's fantastic talent but right now, Jeremy Bracco would have to accept the fact that he's probably the third best freshman on the team. He's not better than Colin White right now, and he's not better than Miles Wood right now. And that's something that he had never experienced before in his life, and I think it's a maturity thing. He wasn't ready to deal with that. And I think that's the biggest reason why he isn't here right now is he wasn't able to say, well, I'm the best player on the team. He wasn't even the best freshman on the team. Got to ask you quickly about the bean pot, Sean. You had a power outage at the Garden for about 29 minutes. You see that in baseball all the time, not so much in hockey. What was that like for you? Yeah, well, in baseball, you know, you just toss it back to the studio and somebody else <laughs> handles the rain delay. I mean, we had to fill the time for half an hour. I don't even know what we talked about for 30 minutes. It's one big blur. Um, but it just goes to show that you never quite know what's going to happen. You know, you go to the ballpark, you never know what you're going to see. You go to the rink, you never know what you're going to see. I actually thought at the time it was a bad thing for BC. They were flying. Yeah. They were really dominating BU in the first period, and they continued to play well after that delay, but not quite as well as they had been prior to the delay. But the Beanpot in general was great, and from a yeah. BC perspective, it was a fantastic finish. They get the championship, they beat their arch rival, it's a great game, overtime, all that. I will say this, though, and I don't know if I've talked about this with you guys, somebody else needs to win this tournament. <laughs> somebody else besides BC and BU. I mean, I go in every year thinking, hey, I want BC to win because I'm the BC broadcaster. But for the health of the tournament, we can't keep saying anything can happen because that's not what has happened. Since 1993, nobody else except for BC and BU has won this tournament. Harvard's got a good team this year. And then they didn't even make the final. 
somebody has to win sometime, whether it's Northeastern, whether it's Harvard. Otherwise, the bean pot isn't really what everybody says it is. Yeah. All right, tonight it's BC and Merrimack. Your thoughts on the game tonight and what will be uh, key for that, especially for BC? Uh, I think that Merrimack is going to have a good bounce-back effort. They always play much better here at home, and as good as Boston College has been against the Warriors at Conti over the years, it's been a different story on so many occasions here. It's the smaller surface. They need to adjust to that. Uh, I expect BC to play well, but I don't expect this to be 4 nothing before the first period's even over. I expect this to be a close game. All right, John, thanks a lot. It should be a good one. Have a good call tonight. We appreciate it. All right, guys, thank you. All right, that's John Risch, Boston College, voice of the Eagles. We'll be back with more right, at, right, excuse me, right after this. And John will have his interview with Merrimack coach Mark Dennehy. This is Warrior Hockey.